After watching the mora follow the leaves far off into the distance, Oren and Arthur and Sniz wondered how they were going to get back to the Vulcan village, and since they couldn't go back the way they came, they could see no other option than to go over the volcano. The Vulcan village was built on the quiet side of the volcano, but here in Moraland when they looked up they saw bubbling rivers of lava exploding out of vents. How are we going to get back? said Sniz. I don't know, said Arthur, but if my calculations are right, we have to go over the volcano to get to the village. There was an explosion nearby, and gallons of red lava oozed in a river in front of them. Sniz, said Oren, is all lava the same temperature in the Redlands, or is it hot like it is in our world? Oh no, said Sniz, it's just a sort of warm, muddy texture, he explained. Good, replied Oren. Then we can walk up there. It was nightfall, but Sneers wasn't keen at all to stop even for a rest, let alone the thought of stopping for the night. You won't catch me closing my eyes in a place like this, explained Sneers. The way up the volcano was steep and the rocks underfoot were loose. With every step forward they took, they slid a little backwards and it was hard, hard work. There was no path to follow. They just knew they must go up and over. There was a breeze in the air, but it was a warm, muggy breeze. The heat from the lava and the volcano took away any chill that might have been there that night. The walk was exhausting, and whenever they stopped and looked behind them, they saw the lights in the factory working through the night. Oh, I'm so tired, complained Sniz. I think this is probably the hardest thing I have ever done. We're all tired, Sniz, said Arthur. We must keep going. Our only other option is to stop here for the night. Suddenly, Sneers got a second burst of energy. Now, I think it's probably best to keep going, he said. I'm not being funny, said Sneers as they continued to walk. But when you get to the top of a volcano, isn't there like a big hot hole and like lava spewing out the side and stuff? How are we going to get across it? he asked. I don't know, said Arthur. We're just going to have to find out when we get there. They had looked at walking around, but either side of the volcano there were huge big rivers of lava that were so wide that they really had no other option than to go all the way to the top and over. Sniz's second burst of energy came to an abrupt end. Oh no, we've made a huge mistake, he said. Why, what is it, asked Oren. Well, Snoz told me that at the top of that volcano is where the big puffy dragon lives, he said. So I think we'd better go back down the volcano and find another way, don't you? No, said Arthur. There's no other way I've looked. Have you ever seen this dragon? he asked. Both Orin and Arthur was just as worried as Sniz now. No, I actually haven't, said Sniz. Maybe it's just something Snoz said to scare me. She says stuff like that sometimes. Orin and Arthur and Sniz equally all hoped that Snoz was winding him up. But as they neared the top, they heard a noise that could be mistaken for nothing else. What's that? said Sniz. It sounds a lot how I'd imagine a dragon to sound. I'm not liking this one little bit, he said. I'm not liking it either, said Arthur. Me neither, said Oren. There, in front of them, they saw, climbing over the rim of the volcano, a big, scaly, red dragon. It perched on the ridge and it appeared to look around and sniff the ground. 
and then it roared out into the night. It spread its big wings and it began to beat them before it took flight. It soared up into the sky and circled around. And then, to their surprise, it flew straight into a very big rock. It yelped. If it wasn't so terrifying, they all would have laughed, but none of them dared move. The dragon stood up and shook its head, looking a little dizzy. After a short pause, it clawed its way around to the other side of the rim, before once again opening its wings and taking flight. Astonishingly, the same thing happened. It flew in a big arc, and as it came back in towards the volcano, it flew straight into the side of it. It wailed. This time they did let out a little giggle, because they could see that although this dragon was fierce, it must be that it cannot see. Okay, said Arthur, I think the dragon can't see. This could work to our advantage. Right, where do you think the dragon lives, he added. Well, from what I know, said Sniz, I think it lives in the big hole that it climbed out of. So let's stay well away from there. We have to walk around the rim anyway, said Arthur. So let's creep around the edge and have a little look in. Why would you want to do that, said Sniz. I'm curious, said Arthur. Doesn't everyone keep saying that it's the dragon that steals the red crystal? Look, we're just trying to get back to the village, said Sniz. We are not on some hump for a crystal, all right? At that point, the dragon looked in their direction. Shh, said Arthur. The dragon might be blind, but it's clearly not deaf. They stood statue still for a while, until the dragon turned away. Right, said Oren. The wind is blowing in that direction, so we must go this way around the rim. That way we'll be downwind from the dragon, and it'll be harder for it to smell us or hear us. The three of them crept from boulder to boulder. Luckily, there were enough large stones to hide them well. They were right up at the top of the volcano, and they crawled on their bellies and peered over the edge into the enormous crater below. In the centre of the volcano, at the very bottom, was bubbling lava and all around the edge, carved into the side, were little pathways and caves. To their luck, the lava mostly came out of one side, and as long as the dragon didn't see them, they could see a way around. They had just decided their route and were leaving, when Sneers noticed something. Oh, look, he said. Can you see? There's those three caves there, and on the one on the side... There's a red light in it. I didn't know dragons used lights. That's funny, isn't it? They looked where he was pointing, and he was right. On the inside of the volcano, carved into the side of the rock, were ledges and pathways and caves. There were three caves, one large and two small, and in one of the small ones there was a bright light that could be mistaken for nothing else. I think it's the crystal said Oren. It's got to be. Nothing else would shine that bright. Do you think it is? said Sniz. I'm almost certain, said Arthur. Well, that's a real shame then, isn't it? he said. Because obviously we're not going to go down in there and get it. I told you, we've just got to get a different crystal this time. There can't be a red one. He looked up and saw the look on Oren and Arthur's faces. 
Oh, don't tell me you're thinking about it, he said. We have to, said Arthur. The future of all of Aralam relies on us daring to do this, and there's a path that leads us in just there. Look, said Sniz, I'm all up for braveness, but sometimes things that are brave are just silly, he said. But sometimes, Sniz, said Oren, you have to do something really silly to do something very important. As they were looking in and plotting their path from above, some volcanic ash blew in their direction, and Sniz sneezed. His sneeze echoed in the centre of the volcano. The dragon heard it, and they all held their breath. It flew into the huge crater in the volcano, but from where the dragon was, the sound was bouncing back and forth, and it couldn't tell exactly where it had come from. The dragon flew at full speed into the inside wall of the volcano. It grumbled. They swallowed their laughter so as not to arouse suspicion, but it gave them an idea. Sniz, said Arthur. If you creep around the rim of the volcano and every now and then shout words into it, then maybe the dragon will follow your sound and get confused and we can sneak in and get the crystal. Uh, said Sniz. Well, I'm not going down there, and that's for sure. So I like the job you've given me, but I don't fancy your chances. Let us worry about our chances, said Arthur. Oren and Arthur were both scared, very scared. They both knew it was a dangerous thing to do, but they trusted Sniz, and they trusted their plan, and they knew that what they were about to do was so incredibly important. The two boys held hands to give each other courage, and they walked one behind each other down the little narrow path that led them into the crater. Luckily the caves weren't low down, they were just under the overhang of the rim. As they approached the cave, they heard Sneers shout at the top of his lungs, Sausages! And Sausages! 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 echoed around the crater. The dragon raised its head and looked in all directions and flew around and around, chasing the sound until <laughs> it crashed ungracefully into the volcano wall. Oren and Arthur were too focused to turn around. They could hear Sniz was doing his job well and that made them feel confident. They had passed the big cave, the one where the dragon clearly lived. They could smell its dung and remains of food. They were just passing the second cave when they heard toenails and again toenails, toenails, toenails echo around the crater. Once again, the dragon rose onto its feet and flapped its wings and flew furiously trying to catch the sound. But once again, it flew headfirst into the side of the volcano wall. It roared. They could hear now it was becoming more and more furious. Oren and Arthur could now see the red light. It was there in the next cave in front of them. Their hearts were beating and their hands were trembling. With their backs up against the side of the rock, they slid around the corner and into the entrance of the final cave. Nostrils! shouted Sniz, and the dragon, fueled by its fury, began its chase of the sound. Nostrils! 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 
but no matter how hard it tried, the dragon could not catch the sound. It roared, shaking its head. It did not like bonking its head so many times. There it was, in front of them, a bright, red, glowing crystal. This is it, said Arthur. This has got to be it. Let's take it together, said Oren. On the count of three, they held their breaths and counted to three. One, two, three. And then both ran and grabbed it together. Once they had it in their hand, they ran, but quietly, quietly, back past the caves and up onto the path. They were worried going up the path. What if a stone slipped or one of them made a single sound? Just as they were coming to the top and they were nearly back to where Sniz was, they heard earwax and earwax, earwax, earwax echoing around them. They knew now that they were in reach of safety, but they weren't going to celebrate until they were at the top. By now, the dragon knew it was being teased and it didn't even bother. It sat there looking cross, and it roared out flames and big puffs of smoke. Oh, how happy Sniz was to see his two friends climb out. You did it, he said. I mean, shh, 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 but you actually really did it. Come on, let's get away from here, he said. It spooks me out. I don't like it here. I want to get back to the Vulcan village. And so do we, said Oren and Arthur. The three of them ran, clutching the red crystal and they did not stop to look behind them. They could hear the dragon's frustrated roars coming from the crater, and it only made them run faster. They ran until they saw the dim lights of the Vulcan village there waiting to greet them. Look at that, said Sniz. It's the village. We're nearly there. The three of them stopped, but only for a brief moment. They looked down at what seemed to be the most beautiful sight they'd seen. The comfort of the Vulcan village waiting. Then they picked up their pace again and ran the last part of the way. When they arrived in the village, everyone was asleep, for it was the middle of the night. So they snuck into Sniz's room and they all got into bed. They were tired in a way they had never felt before, exhausted beyond description. And as their eyelids began to droop, they heard Sniz. Excuse me, said Sniz, and Oren and Arthur chuckled. Really, Sniz, they said. What is it? A big puffy dragon like that, he said. Couldn't actually fit under my bed, could it? No, said Oren, it really couldn't. And it couldn't fit in my cupboard, could it? No, said Arthur. Or by my curtain? No, definitely not, said Oren. And before Sneers had a chance to say anything else, Oren said, And it's not hiding behind the door. No, said Sneers. And with that, there was a silence. They smiled, thinking Sniz was asleep, but... Excuse me, he said again through the dark. What now, said Arthur, it's been a really long day. A dragon wouldn't fit, but I'd whistle wig wood. Can you just have a quick look for me, please? Fine, said Arthur. I'll do the curtain and the door, and Oren can do the bed and the cupboard. And then it's time to sleep, OK, Sniz? Thank you, he said. Both boys checked and reassured Sniz that there was absolutely not a single dragon or a twizzlewig hiding anywhere in his room. And then they really did all manage to get to sleep. That night, it wasn't dark in Sniz's room because the whole room was glowing bright red. 
because they'd found the red crystal. 